This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to be talking about the five biggest retirement mistakes to avoid. And with me today, I have certified financial planner, Kelsey Banky. And Kelsey, I would say that avoiding retirement mistakes is pretty important, wouldn't you? Well, if you can avoid them, why wouldn't you? <laughs> there <laughs> you go. my opinion. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's go ahead and kick this off with the very first mistake that I think that would be ideal for people to avoid. And that would be spending too much and running out of money. <laughs> that Everyone. would definitely be a big one. I think that's actually a pretty big fear a lot of people have is running out of money. Yeah. And and some people are almost afraid to spend money because they're afraid of running out. And the thing that I always say about this is you can plan for that. Right. <laughs> like you can forecast it and get a comfort level where you would be comfortable spending money and based on certain assumptions, probably won't run out. So instead of just not knowing, um, why not do a little bit of planning and and get a better um, comfort level with what you could spend um, so that you can most fully enjoy your retirement? Yeah, because, you know, the, the fear manifests it's this way. It's what if I don't have enough money when really what they're afraid of is what if I run out of money? And I no longer can take care of myself. So it doesn't, it's not thought of in most people's heads of is what if I run out? It's just what if I don't have enough um, is what they're thinking. And what it does for people is it makes them delay retirement because they have this fear of what if I don't have enough? And so the thing is, you can figure out if you have enough. And then if you know that you do, or if you feel confident that you do, you basically can buy your freedom from working a little bit sooner. So there's huge benefits to figuring this out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I encounter people often who say, oh, I'd really like to retire now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, can you? And they're like, well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, let's turn that I don't think so into I knowing how long I need to work or yeah. hey, I can retire now. And then you can make the decision if you want to or not, but at least the decision's yours. So the issue of or the mistake of spending too much and running out of money can be addressed by some planning that is called income gap planning. And income gap planning basically works like this. When you're working, you know about how much money is coming into your household each month. You're used to living on that. And so when you look at your retirement, we have to look at, well, if you're no longer working for a paycheck, what are the other sources of income that are going to come into your household? Are you going to have Social Security? Are you going to have a pension? Things like that. And then when we know those two pieces of information, what you have coming in now and what it's going to be coming in once you retire, we're going to be able to calculate the gap between what you have now and what's going to be coming in. And that's called an income gap. That income gap has to be filled with money from your own personal investments then. So if you want to maintain your current lifestyle, if you want to continue to live that the way you're living in retirement, you have to be able to fill that income gap. If the income back gap is too big and you don't have enough assets to sufficiently cover that for a long period of time, you're right. You are going to probably be spending too much and run out of money. 
(laughs) (laughs) And that's what we want to avoid. So we have a great planning tool that's called an income gap planning tool that's part of retirement planning that we do, where we can help people figure out how much money are they likely to want to live on in retirement What's the tax impact of those income streams and different things like that? Because make no mistake about it, the taxes are different in retirement than they are when you're working. And by figuring out your income gap and whether or not you have enough assets to fill that gap, you can avoid mistake number one of spending too much and running out of money. I think that's huge. Okay, Kelsey, what's mistake number two? Um, Having too much risk and creating big market losses. Yeah. So here's the thing is when you get closer to retirement, then you start thinking about, oh, my gosh, I don't want to lose the money that I have. But oftentimes people don't set things up quite right. They may maintain too much risk or they are taking money out of the accounts that have a lot of risk, whether the market's up or the market is down. And that can make this risk of too much market risk uh, magnified in your planning. It can really cause some problems. So there's a concept that's called sequence of returns risk that plays into this, especially in retirement when you're taking money out. So Kelsey, explain what sequence of returns risk is. Sequence of returns risk, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of it. If you've been listening to our radio show, we talk about it. Um, But it's a risk that doesn't impact you while you're accumulating money and while you're working in your career. It's a risk that comes and and becomes an issue for you in retirement once you start needing to draw down your assets. And sequence of returns risk basically means the order in which your returns happen in retirement um, can make or break your retirement portfolio. So if you have negative um, return sequences, so you have down markets essentially um, early in your retirement, that that can have a detrimental impact to your retirement savings and make it something that's very diff- difficult to recover from. Um, so we saw a lot of this back in 2002, right. saw a lot of this back in 2007, 2008. We had a lot of news stories back in 2008 of of um, people who had already retired coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, I have to go back to work because my retirement portfolio went so far down and now I don't have enough money anymore. And the the truth is that proper planning can insulate you from sequence of returns risk and make it be that the risk inside your portfolio is deliberate and in deliberate places. And so we actually can address that risk by a concept that's called the bucket plan. And I know we've talked about this on past shows, but if you've never heard of the bucket plan before, basically the bucket plan suggests that you should have money in three buckets, a now bucket, a soon bucket, and a later bucket. The now bucket is about money that you're going to utilize in the next year. Okay, so you want it to have um, more protection inside of it and you want it to be liquid, meaning you can get at it without any penalties. And that, that money is by and large used for income in the next year or your emergency money or if you have some planned expenses. And the soon bucket is designed to have a more conservative risk level inside of it. And it's designed to be where you actually take your income from. You want to avoid taking your income from accounts that have just had significant market losses. That's what will make or break portfolio success from a sequence of returns risk perspective in retirement. So if you're continually taking your income from your soon bucket that's invested in a more conservative way, then you're insulating yourself from that problem. 
the soon bucket we generally like to see filled with about 10 years worth of of income need or your income gap because we want to make sure that if markets go down, you have enough time for them to come back up, hopefully, and historically they have, then then as long as you're living out of your soon bucket, then the markets are not having a tremendous effect on you. And then that lets everything else sit in what's called the third bucket, the later bucket. And Kelsey, what's the point of the later bucket for people? The later bucket is about long-term growth. So it has a, a longer term uh, time horizon on it. So usually longer than 10 years. It's also about um, legacy planning. Um, and the whole goal of, of that bucket is to help you preserve your, your purchasing power mm-hmm. as long as you possibly can. So it's helping you fight against taxes, the cost of taxes, the cost of inflation, things like that, and helping protect against longevity. So living a very long life is a, is a wonderful blessing, but you also have to have <laughs> funds to cover that yeah. long life. Mm-hmm. And so if all of your money shifts to something that's very, very conservative and can't keep the pace with uh, taxes and inflation and other needs, then the chances of you um, having enough money for for a lengthy life could go down. So the whole point of that later bucket is to help against uh, fight against all those things. Right. So the later bucket normally is invested in a way that's more growth focused, more growth oriented. So thinking about your soon bucket being more conservative and that's where you take your income from and the later bucket being more growth focused because that's going to be money for maybe 10 years or more out in the future. So if the market would crash, hopefully it has time to come back before you have to actually utilize that money. The later bucket is giving you the opportunity for long-term growth and the power that can happen within the market. And so that's why you want to have maybe some of your money still out there. doesn't mean it has to be super aggressive, but something that is more than just necessarily a conservative outlook. Now, here's the thing. The mistake that we're talking about, mistake number two, is too much risk creating big market losses. If you allocate your money in the bucket plan this way, the risk really only exists in that later bucket. And as long as you are not utilizing it to live on, then you're not pulling money out when the market's down. So you are giving your money a chance to recover. And I think that's huge. So a bucket plan itself and figuring out how to allocate your money within it is how we can avoid that mistake. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the five biggest retirement mistakes to avoid. We talked about mistake number one, which is spending too much and running out of money. Mistake number two was having too much risk in your portfolio, creating big market losses. And mistake number three is this, letting a health issue bankrupt you. Now, I think a lot of listeners out there are going to be able to relate to this because I have heard so many stories of going broke because you've gone into a nursing home or losing the family farm because there was a health issue and somebody had to have long-term chronic care or how Alzheimer's bankrupted the family retirement money. So this is a big issue. So Kelsey, how can you avoid letting a health issue bankrupt you? Well, uh, if it's a long-term care need health issue, uh, then you, there are, is insurances out there that can help you. Um, if it's a, a standard health issue, you know, making sure you have the right insurances. Set, I mean, it comes down to insurance either way, but yeah. making mm-hmm. sure you have the right insurances in place um, and that you're taking 
you know, all the right precautions to, to make sure that that insurance does cover you. Um, from the long-term care perspective, you know, the, the policy or the, the approach I usually take is understand what your risk is, seek out solutions to um, fill that gap and then make the decision if, if that's something you want to do or not. But again, at least make the decision with knowledge and education. Don't just turn a blind eye and go, oh, we'll maybe figure it out when we get there. Because same thing, sequence returns risk in the market. You can have a similar impact if, if land values are down. Then when you were talking about family farms getting sold, it's even worse when the land values go down. So mm-hmm. doing what you can to protect those assets, if that asset, the family farm is something that's very important to you, there are ways to protect against this kind of risk impacting that kind of asset. Yeah. So here's the thing is that insurance is by and large the best way to protect yourself. So having good medical insurance or making sure that you've got, if you're on Medicare, that you have a good Medicare supplement policy, a good drug policy and things like that. However, the the biggest whammy for health issues when you are in retirement really is that long-term chronic care. And it's even more magnified if it is an Alzheimer's or a dementia issue. And that's because you can be physically fit but mentally unfit, and that can create a stay in a care facility that could be 7, 8, 10, 15 years long. And that is enough to break a lot of people's budgets when it comes to planning for their health care. Now, I think that it affects married people the most, because if you are single, then ultimately at the end of the day, if you spend down your assets to take care of yourself, that might be okay. It might not be what you would have liked to do. You may have wanted to leave that money for children. But at the end of the day, there might be money to take care of you. But a married person could end up leaving their spouse in the lurch. There might not be enough money for that spouse to continue to have a good quality of life because all the money has gone to the care, the health care needs of the person who is is needing that, you know, type of service. So insurance is one way that you can handle that. Now, there are many types of insurance. There are health insurance-based long-term care policies. There are life insurance-based hybrid policies. And an up-and-coming type of coverage is also an asset-based care. So there's many ways to actually take care of this. And this is actually a super complex subject. (laughs) So it's a mistake that you want to avoid by having some good insurance planning done in your overall scope of retirement planning. Um, But if you need more help with this particular topic, I really encourage you to reach out to Kelsey or reach out to an advisor in our office because the complexity and the scope of it is such it requires a personal conversation to know what is right for you. Okay, mistake number four is not being emotionally ready for retirement. And this is the thing that I think is probably the most fascinating to me and the most under-talked about issue when it comes to retirement planning. Absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. I think I find this one so interesting. Um, people's approach to retirement is is vastly different. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's always interesting to, for me to hear how people feel about retirement. Are they excited for it? Are they counting down the days because they have this, that, and whatever that they're going to do when they retire? Um, or are they going, eh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I will someday, but I don't really know what I will do. Or, you know, maybe they, they absolutely love their jobs. They feel very fulfilled. They feel like they can do it for a lot of years, you know, and, and retirement isn't even something that they have 
contemplated at all. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see the varying degrees that, uh, of emotional readiness. Um, the problem with, and the reason that this is a mistake is if you're counting the down the days to retirement or your spouse is counting down the days to retirement, but you're not really sure what you're going to do when you get there, um, that can be a pretty big, um, warning sign. Not that you can't do it, but just in my experience, people who are going toward retirement and they haven't thought about how they're going to spend their time and what they're going to fill their days with, it gets a little chaotic after they they pull that trigger. And sometimes they start spending a lot more money trying to fill this mm-hmm. void of what they don't know what to do. And then that can start to blow up their retirement planning. So to be emotionally ready, there are some questions you can ask yourself. And once you know the answers, it's going to help you be prepared. So the first one is, how are you actually going to spend your time day to day? So think beyond the initial honey-do list, because most people are going to have a honey-do list of the projects that (laughs) need to get done. That might take you a few months or maybe even a year to work through your honey-do list. But when your honey-do list is done, then what? What are your days actually going to look like? Now, one of the truths about work, especially if you've had a long-term in a career is that a lot of times our identities are very closely associated with what we do for work. This impacts men more than women, and it impacts entrepreneurs more than any other category because your business is often like your baby. So retirement, once you have your business no longer, it's kind of like emptiness syndrome for your business (laughs) because your baby's (laughs) gone now, right? So You have to figure out who you are and what your day-to-day life is going to be like that is still fulfilling to you and gives you a sense of purpose once you're done working and into retirement. I often hear people tell me that it takes them about a year of time to sort through this and kind of figure that out. And one of the other things you have to ask yourself is, how does this change the dynamic with my spouse? Because if you both have been working, you haven't spent this much time together, and that can create a a new dynamic. (laughs) You can love your spouse and not want to spend every minute of the day with them. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, we had one person tell their husband, honey, I married you for dinner, but not for breakfast or for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And it really, really impacts people who retire at a different time. So if you had one spouse retire, say, a few years ago, and they gotten used to their routine and their day-to-day life, When the second spouse retires, it upsets that other one's apple cart in a big way because the the newly retired spouse is going to have expectations of how they're going to spend time together that are not in line with the routine that that first retiring spouse has gotten used to. So having conversations about these issues is highly important for your emotional readiness so you don't cause conflict in your marriage or in your primary relationship. Okay, and that brings us to mistake number five. Not knowing how to turn assets that you have built into tax-efficient income streams. There is a huge difference in the art of building money and growing your wealth versus turning that wealth into tax-efficient income streams. Yeah, and this is this is more important than people realize because um, there's a common thought that my taxes will go down in retirement. So Mm -hmm. my tax burden, my tax situation is going to be just come a lot less complex. And that's not really true. Uh, Your taxes may not be as high as they were prior to your retirement, 
but the, the complexity um, really steps up because you might have social security that's taxed. You have the Medicare um, part um, D premiums and, and the part A premiums and all those things that you have to pay, not part A, part B, sorry. Um, all these things that you have to pay that are all based on your income level. And so there is a lot more complexity in retirement and hopefully throughout um, your career and your, your accumulation years, you've built up various types of monies um, in, in the ways that they're taxed. And then it's decision-making time each year. Where do I pull my income gap from? Um, do I pull it from pre-tax dollars? Do I pull it from tax advantage dollars? Do I pull it from post-tax dollars? Some combination of the three. And that I know is a really complex statement I just made there. Um, but what you basically need to understand is careful planning for your income can help create a better tax efficient income. Um, but you need to know that that's a risk which is a mistake number five here. You need to know that that's a potential mistake that you could make, but also recognize, again, like I've said through all of these, you can plan for it. You can right. um, protect yourself against it. So if your financial advisor is not talking to you about the tax strategy in your income planning in retirement, that should be a red flag because the tax strategy has to be embedded in it because that is what allows you to keep more of what you own, okay? So- there are different ways of doing that. It's all personal. So if what you're missing inside your retirement plan is some tax strategy, then you want to be talking to us about that because that's how you can optimize the investments that you've worked so hard to build. Now, by and large, you know, when I say tax strategy, that doesn't mean that we do taxes or that we're tax experts. You still have to run things by your tax preparer, but we coordinate with tax preparers to make sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. And that can be a missing piece in a lot of people's portfolio management is the tax management strategy piece of it. Okay, so we've talked about the five biggest retirement mistakes to avoid. Mistake number one, spending too much and running out of money is avoided by having an income gap plan. Mistake number two, having too much risk creating big market losses is avoided with having a bucket plan strategy. Mistake number three, letting a health care issue bankrupt you can be avoided with good insurance or a plan for your medical spending. Mistake number four, not being emotionally ready for retirement can be avoided with good questions to assess your emotional readiness and thinking about how you're going to be spending that time with yourself and your spouse. And mistake number five, not knowing how to turn assets into tax-efficient income can be avoided by having a plan that does incorporate tax strategy. So we hope this has been valuable information to you as you're listening, and thanks for tuning in to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. 
you should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.